Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. And I'm really, really excited because if you're visiting with us again today, we start a brand new message series entitled Filibuster. Um, now, before I get started, um, hey, let me, let me kind of set the record straight. Over the course of the next three weeks, um, I think it's really important for those that are followers of Jesus, whether you're watching at home, on the floor, in the balcony, um, I think it's important for us to really begin to think about and to prepare our hearts for the next couple of months. Um, I know that the election cycle is here, November is coming, and don't worry, those of you that are in here are like, oh, here we go, I went to church and all he's going to talk about is politics. Well, we are going to talk about politics, but we're going to talk about politics from a standpoint of how should we as believers in Christ, how should we be approaching the next few weeks? Um, here, here's what I do know. I, I do know that you have influence, whether you think it or not. You have influence with your family. You have influence in your neighborhoods. You have influence um, that you don't even realize. You talk to individuals and say something, and they are influenced, and you didn't think twice about it. And I think that if we as believers in Christ, if we're prepared spiritually to be able to act in the way that Christ would call us to act, then I think that we can have a positive influence with our family, friends, yes, even that kooky uncle who puts Facebook posts every 20 seconds that drive you insane. Yes, even that uncle, I can say that I don't have a kooky uncle, at least I don't think I do. I'm not thinking of one, so I have a good heart right now, so I'm just telling you that. But how do we approach this? Let me give you, let me kind of set this up and give you case in point. Because I think that we can be caught off guard if we're not careful. Now, this is not about fake news or anything else like that. But true story, did you know that a few months ago, um, and again, nothing against the Washington Post. So if you're an employee of the Washington Post, nothing against you. But to use your example, do you know in one day, the Washington Post posted a, a picture on the front page and a story about something that was going on? And in the morning, if you received that copy of the Washington Post, you would read a headline. And in fact, the headline read this, Trump softens his tone. And you would have read that, and you'd have read the story, and, and, and based on that headline, it, it, would have, it would have kind of pushed you in a direction to kind of think, oh, he, he softened his tone. Okay, let me read through this filter. True story, later in the day, the afternoon edition came out in the Washington Post. Same picture, same story. However, they change the name, the title of the article. Now, just to be fair to the Washington Post, something did happen. They did have a, a meeting or something which caused them to change the, the title of this article. But the article is the same. The pictures are the same. However, take a look at the headline of the article in later in the day. It says, Trump talks tough on law. Now, when you look at those two articles in those two headlines, they say two opposite things. Same story, same headline. But depending on what time you picked up the newspaper that morning, it would cause you and push you to believe something and filter it through a certain prism. There, there's another thing that I, I would say this. We have a, a preschool here um, at the church called the, the TLC. 
And I remember back in May when everything was, you know, started, do we open, do we not, and everything else. And I remember, I'll never forget, I was standing in my front yard with my cell phone, talking with the directors. And we were, we were legitimately concerned, um, and we were faced with the prospect of, do we open up? And, and I, as a leader, you know, one of the things that I said is, gosh, you know, th these are young children, and, and I'm fearful, and I, I don't want to make the wrong decision. And if we make a decision, and if a child dies, I don't know if I could live with that. And I mean, these are just some of the raw emotions that you go through when you're faced with a tough tough choice. We made the decision to open. I will tell you, praise God, we've never had, we've not had one child test positive for COVID at the TLC. They've done a tremendous job operating um, through this time period. However, something grabbed my attention about a month ago. I picked, up a, a, I picked up my iPad and I was looking at an article and there was a headline that's from one of our major news outlets and it said this, it said, child, preschool child dies of COVID. Well, you can imagine me, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, and I grab it and I start reading the article. And as I'm reading the article, I'm sweating, I'm getting nervous, because again, I don't know if I could live with myself if something happened really that tragically. I know that things happen, but it's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I could have been a part of this decision. And, and I read three quarters. And as I read through three quarters, I really felt horrible. And, and I wanna give you a case in point, because I started thinking to myself, oh my gosh, look at all the children that have perished because of COVID. And, and I wanna show you a statistic. These are real stats that have come out. From the month of February to August, there have been 45 children, not preschoolers, but children under the age of 18 that have perished from COVID. And this is from Medical Express. Now, when I read that, I'm like, oh my gosh. And that is horrific. And, and the families that have been affected, it is horrific. I am not minimizing this one, one bit. But as I read further down in this article, all of a sudden it said, to give context, we think it's fair also to share this. And they shared during the same time period in the average of the last few years of children that have died from influenza. And I wanna show you that stat. From February to August, 105 children have died from the flu. Now, my point is not to, it's political, it's not to sway you, it's not to downplay COVID at all. I'm wearing my mask all the time, so it's not that. My point is, is that for three quarters of that article, I was scared to death. I was sweating profusely. And when I read the bottom, it totally changed my perspective of that story. And I think we, as believers in Christ, we're facing the next seven weeks, or however long it is till the election, where we're going to be reading things, hearing things, filtering things. And if we're not careful, we could run ahead with opinions, with influence that we think is accurate and we think is true. But if we're not careful and if we don't have the proper context, we could be influencing people not the way that Christ would call us to influence. So with that being said, rather than go to news outlets, no matter whether you're Republican or Democrat or Independent, no matter what political party you're at, if you're a follower in Jesus, our truth comes from the word of God. And so we're gonna start with answering a very specific question, it's this. How should we approach this political season personally? So I'm gonna make this statement. Right now, I could venture to guess that about 90% of the people watching online in this room in the balcony on the floor, 90% of you already know which direction you're gonna vote. And you're sitting here and you're just watching me. I hope he doesn't say anything bad about my candidate because I'm leaving this church. I'm gonna give him a thing or two, don't worry. But what I would tell you is this, is that to be fair and to have objectivity, 
I think all of us in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus, every single day we need to be able to say, God, you know what? At the end of the day, my allegiance is to not a political party or to a person. My allegiance is to Jesus Christ. And no matter what the day, no matter what the climate, if truth is spoken and that truth is really, really affecting me and causes me to change my mind or my direction, God, I'm going to allow it because the truth should be what dictates my choice, not my feelings, not my emotions, not my parents, not the news outlets. It's the truth that should drive my decision. So with that being said, we're going to jump to a time in the Bible. And if you don't read the Bible, it's awesome. Because you know that there was a time period where a guy by the name of Paul in the New Testament he is, the, the new church has started up and they're kind of meeting together like you and this guy Paul, he comes in and here's what's happening. All of a sudden, the believers in Christ are saying, we're sick of the government. True story. You think you're tired of our government. They were sick of the government. They said, we're sick of this. The, the government, you know, we, we don't like this. We don't like their decisions. We don't like what's happening and, and so you know what? We need a revolution because Jesus would call us to have a revolution. We need to go ahead and we need to fight against the authorities. We need to fight against the government. We need to stand up because Rome, remember the government by then was Rome. And you want to talk about a government, a brutal government? Talk about Rome. Rome was killing Christians. So all the Christians were like, let's stand up, rise up, revolution against the government. And I think you're going to be surprised because some of you right now are like, yeah, that's Paul. Yeah. Well, that's not what Paul said. Paul actually has something different to say about what these new believers were talking about. And I want you to see, this comes from Romans chapter 13. We're going to look at chapter 13 and 14. And I want you to see what Paul has to say about the government and about the idea of standing up and rising up and overthrowing. Take a look at this. He said, everyone must submit. Now, I want you to key in on the word submit. We're going to come back to it. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good, but if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must, again, submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Now, right off the bat, I know some of you are like, I don't like this already. See, I told, we're getting up, we're leaving. But I want you to understand something. Paul is making a very strong statement and he's not sitting there and he's saying, hey, the government tells you you should do this, then you just do it. See, Terry, that's where I go off base. My allegiance is to Christ, not to a president, not to Congress. My allegiance is to Christ, and so if they tell me to do something, I don't have to do it. They're not my authority. Jesus is my authority. I understand. But Paul uses the word submit, and I want to define it for you because when you understand the word submit, it changes the way that you just viewed what Paul said. Take a look at this. There is a distinct difference between the word obey and submit. So let me define obey for you. Obey means to comply with any command, whether moral or immoral. And so Paul says, and he uses the word submit instead of obey, because he did not tell us you need to obey the government authorities no matter what they tell you. That's not what Paul said. So Paul is saying, hey, if they tell you to do something immoral, that's when you stand and say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. 
If they tell you something other than what Jesus has called you in your heart, that's when you have the right to stand up and say, I'm sorry, because my allegiance is to Jesus. It's not to government authorities. He did not use the word obey on purpose. And so sometimes we get that confused. Well, wait a second, wait a second. I'm not listening to Paul, but wait. Do you know what the word submit means? Take a look at this. Submit means to accept and or recognize the authority given to someone. So Paul was not saying obey the government, whatever they say. Paul was saying, hey, right, wrong, or indifferent. A believer's responsibility is whoever I, meaning God, allowed to be in charge, they are not there by accident. I'm allowing them to be there because guess what? I'm in control. Well, Terry, you don't know. This world's going to blank in a handbasket. You know what I'm saying? Have you seen what's going on in the news? This is crazy. Everything's out of control. But there's a reason why Paul used the word submit. In fact, why would Paul tell us to use the word submit? And this is where, and I say this all the time, but I mean this, this is where for those of you who don't like long messages and just like to take naps because it's nice and dark in the room and you're at home, got a cup of coffee, feel free. After I read the next three verses, go ahead and, and take a nap. You can, you can wake up next week, okay? The reason why Paul said submit is this very truth. This comes from Proverbs 19, 21. You can make all the many plans that you want, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Isaiah 14, 24 says this, the Lord of heaven's army has sworn this oath. It will happen as I have planned. It will be as I have decided. Psalm 22, 28 says this, for royal power belongs to the, role, to the Lord. He rules all the nations. At the end of the day, God is still in control. And so for all of us sitting there and the Christians he was talking to when they're freaking out, Rome, 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 God's looking and saying, hey, do you forget that I'm still God? Do you forget that I'm in control? I mean, let's be honest. Those of you who know the Old Testament, you know the Bible, if you never read the Bible, there's an amazing story about a donkey. And you know what I'm talking about. Because all of a sudden, God comes in and says, you know what, I need to send a message to someone, so I'm gonna use a donkey to direct someone's path. And here's what I have to say about that. If God can use a donkey to direct one's path, he can use anyone, even a president. And I say that with all due respect. So at the end of the day, when we're worried, because I've heard people panic and say, Terry, at the end of this, you know, this election, if, if it goes the other way, if it goes this way, oh, we're, we're all done, it's over, it's over, the world's gonna end. And I look at them and I say, hey, just calm down. Do you remember who's in control? Stop scaring your children. Because at the end of the day, my God is still on the throne. At the end of the day, no matter whether it's red, whether it's blue, whether it's green, no matter what color gets into the office, my God still sits on the throne. So for all of you that want to take a nap, at the end of the day, we can all relax and exhale. And now we can trust in the God that we serve, that no matter what happens, we still serve the same God and he's still in the same place. Now with that being said, there's another question that we need to prepare ourselves with, and it's this. How should we approach one another? It breaks my heart in the church, whether it's political or not. Oh my gosh, politics divides us so greatly. And I think the enemy knows this. Whether or not you believe it or not, there is an enemy and he seeks to kill and destroy. And that is real. And he seeks to attack every single one of us in our place of weakness. And the church, oh, he hates the church. Sometimes you wonder, you know, like, gosh, you know, the worst place that it happens is in church. You ever heard the only army that shoots itself is the church? You ever heard that? Well, there's no reason why I doubt why that is. It's because the enemy hates the church. Because there's power in the church. Because the body of Christ has power and influence. 
And so guess what the enemy does? He takes things like politics and he uses that to divide the church. I sit there and watch on Facebook and I see two believers in Jesus Christ that are friends of mine and they're on opposite ends of the political spectrum and I will see the vitriol that they are throwing at each other and it's like, oh my gosh. And I know I'm speaking because some of us, we're guilty of it in this room, aren't we? And so now let's take a look at what Paul says because Paul says, first and foremost, submit and relax. But then he's gonna go and he's gonna say, hey, with regards to how we treat one another, especially as brothers and sisters in Christ, Christians, I want to remind you of something. So take a look at this. He says this in chapter 14. Accept other believers who are weak in the faith. And don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. In fact, that key in on that word accept. Do you know what that word accept means in the original language in the Greek? It's a very famous Greek word. And it's this. It's proslambano. And proslambano means this. To warmly receive whole Heartedness. In other words, it's not fake. It's like, oh, bless your heart. Really glad that you're here. No, no, no. It's, oh my gosh, I love you. I can't wait that you're here. Come here. What, what, come inside. Come inside. Let's have dinner. Let's share a meal. Tell me what's going on in your life. I really, really, really care. That's proslambano. And so Paul says, accept someone else that is weaker in the faith. In other words, accept someone. If you believe, how could you be a Christian and believe that? How could you be a Christian and support that individual? Oh, I don't want anything to do with you. No. That's what the enemy wants. He wants the church to start doing that, to start fighting, kicking, scratching, pushing, shoving one another away. And Paul says, proslambano. No, 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 no. You warmly receive. You warmly accept. Don't allow those things to separate the body of Christ. In fact, we say this, the weak brother should not be made to feel inferior or odd. Now, I want to take you back after I say that, because who's in control? God. Who's still on the throne? God. And so if he's on the, if he's on the throne, then why do I need to try to step into his shoes? He continues, Paul, and says this, for we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. Do you realize what Paul said? He said, whether you live or die, whether it's Republican or Democrat, no matter what happens, I'm still on the throne. And so what matters most in the body of Christ is your relationship to one another. What matters most is encouraging, supporting, because what is the church? The church are a body of believers that pray for one another, encourage one another, serve the same God together, and united, the church is powerful. But guess what happens when the church splits or the church is divided? It loses its influence. And the enemy loves it when the church splinters. And Paul says, whether we live or die, why are you kicking and scratching? Why are you so caught up? Why are you getting on the internet? Why are you doing this? So Christian, hold your tongue. In fact, I like to say this, Christian, reset your filter. And that's why we're doing this series. I needed this message. I can't watch news anymore at night. It fires me up. And I don't need more caffeine, I can tell you that. And, and I'll say this. Anybody who's been in public service, anybody who, who serves in a role where there's a whole lot of people that know you and you don't know a lot of people, I have a lot of grace and mercy for them, and I have a lot of grace and mercy for politicians. Yes, I said that. 
Now, I don't agree with a lot of the politics and the games and everything else, but I do have a lot of mercy for any politician because I can tell you something. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. I wouldn't want the media on me 24-7. I wouldn't want cameras in my face. I wouldn't want video cameras. I wouldn't want audio picking up every bit of my conversation and using it for their fodder. And so what I would say to every believer in Christ is, whether you like a politician or not, the first thing that I think that we as believers should do is put ourselves in their shoes. I might not like someone, but you know what? When I stop and say, you know what, Lord, would I want to be? No, I would not. And when I say that, then there's grace. There's a reason why we are called as believers to pray for our authorities. Do you start understanding that now? Because we don't know what it's like to be in their shoes. We don't know what they're facing. We don't know everything of their story. And so for us to sit on the sidelines and to look and throw shots at someone that we've not met, that we don't know their heart, oh, be careful, Christian. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and we were talking about our current president, and they said, well, he's not a Christian. He didn't go to church. He didn't do this, this, and this. And here's what I told him. I said, do you know that he's not a Christian? And, and I, I will tell you this. I don't. I don't know whether he's a Christian or not. I've never met the man. I've never had the conversation. He's never told me anything different. So I don't know him. And so I, you know, he said, well, he doesn't do this, this, this. I go, I said, have you ever spoken to the man? Well, no, I haven't. I go, and I said, I, I want to remind you what Scripture says that the only one who can judge someone's heart is God. And by you saying that someone's not, is or is not a Christian, you are judging someone's heart. And I want to caution you because number one, you're not supposed to, but number two, and, and lean in for a second, do you know what happens when we start throwing judgment at other individuals? Not only is it sin, but what we do is we say, hey God, I know it's your job, but you know what? I don't think you're doing a good enough job. So God, move over. I'm going to step into your shoes, and I'm going to start casting judgment because I want to, and I want to assume some of your power. So be careful, Christian. When you do that, what you're really doing is saying, God, I want some of your power. I don't know about you, but that's when I get nervous that lightning's going to strike. So as we approach this, here's one piece of good advice. Assume goodwill. Assume goodwill. Before you get angry, before you get mad, before your kooky uncle, he just fires off something, assume goodwill. Maybe he's having a bad night. Maybe he had an enchilada and it didn't agree with him. I don't know what it is. And maybe you need to call him. And maybe you need to have a conversation with him. And maybe you need to say, hey, I'd love to hear your opinion before you start firing off. At the end of the day, let Christ handle your battles. Paul finishes up this and he says this. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Paul's saying this to you and I. Why do we do it? I, I, I think I can say, am I guilty of it? Yes. Am I guilty of looking at someone and, going, and getting mad or you know, making an off comment? Yes. I, I'm, I'm a pastor, but I am not perfect. So why do we do it? And I sat at my desk this week and I said, why do I fall in that trap? It's very simple. I think many of these reasons. I think we're prideful. I think we put ourselves on a pedestal. I think we get angry. We get fired up. I think we have resentment at times when we think we're right. I think someone, the dangerous one, is we're self-righteous. We think that we know it all. Or we think that, and this is the dangerous thing in our culture, we think that my opinion is the only opinion and the right opinion and any other opinion is evil. Be careful. And last but not least, 
sin. I think at the end of the day, if we can say, you know what, I don't need to do that because it's sin. And my responsibility is not to be sinful. So here's the last piece of Pastor Terry's advice. Before you post, before you tweet, before you speak, before you act, I want you to remember something. The enemy would love nothing more for than to shove your brother or sister aside. So I want you to ask this question to yourself. Does this behavior reflect my submission to Christ? This is full circle. Watch what happens here. Paul says that we have a responsibility as believers in Christ to submit to our authorities. And what I'm saying to you is before you put your foot in your mouth, before you tweet, before you let anger and sin come over you, you stop and ask this simple question. Do I submit to the authority that Jesus Christ has in my life or do I not? Because if you submit to the authority, then God's already said whether you live or die, I'm on the throne. Whether you live or die, what's most important is your relationship to your brother and sister in Christ because the enemy wants to divide the church and we want to unite the church because there's power in the church and Jesus can use his power through a united church to affect amazing change. You want to know why we're dealing with half the problems we are? It's because the church is divided. It's time to stand up. It's time to unite. And I have great confidence in this, and I can tell you at the end of the day, it's as if God was speaking directly to Terry and say, Terry, get off the ledge. Terry, it's going to be okay. And here's why, because Paul ends chapter 14 with an amazing verse. He says, remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. He says this, hey, and if, you, if you're not trusting me, believe this. At the end of the day, we're all going to be in the same place. We're all going to stand in God's judgment, and then watch what happens. He says, for the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, Every knee will bend to me. Every tongue will declare allegiance and praise to God. And so, Christian, you don't have to worry. You don't have to panic. Instead, Christ says, you want to know how you approach this season? Unite. Love your family. Love your brother or sister. Listen to one another. Respectfully agree or disagree. Don't use your anger, your sin, your pride to push one another apart and submit to the king of kings, the one who's ultimately in, in control. And so I'm going to stop scaring my son because while it's an important election, my real king on November 4th will still be on his throne. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for um, this message. And um, God, I needed this. Um, I think we all do. And God, right now, I just want to, I just sense in my heart, God, in my spirit, I, I, I know that we all struggle with this. We have all been guilty of getting into arguments with family and friends, saying unkind things in the shadow about someone with gossip, Lord. And God, at the end of the day, that's sin. And so, Father, right now, I just, in a spirit of the body of Christ looking to you, I just want to offer this prayer up for all of us, and it's this, dear Jesus, forgive us. God, whether I think I'm right or wrong, you, Paul told us whether, you know, whether we live or die, at the end of the day, nothing's more important than someone's relationship with you. And God, I'm sorry for getting into the mud. So God, right now, I'm thinking of an individual that I have had words with, 
or that I have thought negatively about. And God, right now, I ask your forgiveness. And God, as I approach this political season, may we as the church be used by you to encourage, to influence, and to let them see what the body of Christ can truly be, even in the midst of a political storm. And God, I think that's where change really lies. So Father, we pray for our authorities. We ask that you'd bless them. We ask that you would give them wisdom because you've allowed them to be where they're at. So Lord, today I pray for the individual in this room right now that is not a follower of Jesus or watching at home. And God, when I talk about submitting, there's nothing greater in my life than submitting to your authority. And I would speak to you if you've never submitted to Christ. You don't have to know everything about scripture, but the one thing that you, if you believe and you hold on to, that he is God and that he sent his son to die for you. And if you believe that, and if you want to be in eternity forever, it's really simple. It's a free gift and all you have to do is say, I submit. And so right now I'll lead you in a prayer, if whether you're at home or on the floor or on the balcony, and I would just would lead this prayer, dear Jesus, I submit, you are God. And I don't want to lead my life anymore. I want to trust my life to you and I want you to guide. So God, send the Holy Spirit to guide me, to convict me because I wanna live a better life. And God, I thank you that because of the truth of your word, that by me submitting, I now know that I will be in eternity with you forever. So God, thank you for that blessing. And Lord, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this time. And we pray for both candidates and we ask for your guidance and your wisdom as we begin to approach this political season. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.